Hello and welcome to Queer Media Peels, the podcast bringing queer media to your ears one small pill at a time. My name is Marsh, my pronouns are he, him, and this is the first episode of our second season. And first and foremost, I think I ought to apologize about the way season one ended, because I generally really don't know what happened. Like, how has it been so many months since I've recorded another episode? Like, I... I I don't know. I don't know what happened. I got a job. I got very busy with like, I was working and finishing my dissertation at the same time, which by the way, I have not finished my dissertation, but I am done with my job because my contract is ending and I'm on Christmas holiday until then. So that's good. Um, and I am back. And because it is the U-tide, I am back with a themed episode and specifically we're going to talk about Rent, the 2005 movie and is Rent a Christmas film? I will say what I think at the end of this episode so stay tuned to find out. Rent is a fairly controversial movie mostly because there's people who really love it and there's people who really hate it. Personally I do both because any media I enjoy I must also hate for the things it tells me about myself. So, some background information about Rent. This is a 2005 American musical drama directed by Chris Columbus, and it is an adaptation of the 1996 Broadway musical of the same title, which, in turn, the plot was based off an opera from 1896, La Bohème by Puccini, which um, basically sort of respects the same plot points but adapted to be set in the end of the 80s and 1990 and the film itself has uh, a lot of the original Broadway cast members who reprise the roles for the live action version well live action is it is it correct to say live action if the original was a musical or is it just for animation I don't know I generally don't know but here's the plot on Christmas Eve 1989, this um, filmmaker named Marco and his roommate get threatened with eviction by their landlord slash former friend, Benny, who, if they don't pay the rent they owe, they've been owing him for like more than a year, will evict everyone essentially from this building. Like, I think no one's been paying rent for a while. And... Uh, Instead of them, he's going to build this big cyber studio, which I think is like some kind of art location. And it's the film is all about class struggle, but it also deals with the, the AIDS crisis. Many of the characters are HIV positive or have AIDS, and there is a very strong presence within the whole film. And I'm not saying it does so in a very tactful way, I think many of the queer characters in this film are very in much caricatures of stereotypes, but also the film is from 2005 and adapted from a musical from the 90s. So, you know, I think it's a complex um, balance there because this was such a mainstream product that... It's honestly impressive, but also it's really not enough and not very well done, especially when it comes to the fact that um, in this context of like dealing with themes of uh, poverty and class struggle with the landlord and uh, um, 
of the very last, right? Because one of the main characters, well, not the main main characters, but like one of the recurring cast is uh, this uh, trans woman of color. And I'm going to come back to her. I will definitely come back to her because the way they handle the character is, well, I have a lot of opinions. But yeah, my point is that they do talk about a slice of the New York population of the time that has very much the least privilege, but still they decide to focus the whole film mostly on that guy I mentioned before, Mark and his uh, roommate, Roger, who are basically rich. Um, It's not very expanded upon, at least in the film, I don't know if they do it in the musical, but essentially it's said that Mark is refusing to accept money from his family, which I know there's a lot of baggage behind that kind of stuff, and there's many reasons people may not want to take money from their families, but Mark is straight, and he's white, so I'm not convinced. I think it's mostly just an artistic thing. It's like, my wealthy parents will never understand my artistic tr- struggle, so I will not take money from them, and I will refuse to pay my rent and bills because reasons. Um, so essentially, they are um, gentrifying Bohemia, which I guess, well, all Bohemia is gentrification of poverty, isn't it? So it's a bit of a... Eh, um, angle on the whole thing uh, that I don't think like I think that's exactly the reason why a lot of people hate this film uh, and this musical in general especially within like within the musical community the people who do hate this musical mostly hate it because of how tone deaf it is how absolutely annoying the characters are none of these people are very good people and we are meant to sort of side with their struggle a hundred percent, and sometimes it's just very hard to do, especially if you are someone who is all of those um, underrepresented, uh, discriminated identities, but also is crying. And it's especially hard to side with them because the whole point is it's like against gentrification because Benny wants to build this fancy art cyber studio instead of these houses for poor people but um in criticizing the whole process of gentrification it ends up still glorifying and uh, platforming the stories of these gentrifiers like, gentrification isn't just done by landlords. It's mostly done by landlords, for sure, but not just. Um, so, yeah, I'm not fully convinced. And also, like, I, I guess, I guess it was sort of a brave portrayal of AIDS. But um, I've said this before. I feel like because we have gone so far in terms of representation in the last, like, decade and so it is a bit hard for me as a Gen Z to have some degree of depth as to what was um, really out there in terms of mainstream portrayals in 2005 because in 2005 I was like well I'm very bad at math but I think I was seven or eight something like that so of course I wasn't fully aware 
of the media landscape, but just because there wasn't a lot doesn't mean today, in 2021, I have to look at it and be like, you know what, that was okay. It wasn't okay. And I'll tell you why it wasn't okay. Because especially the queer characters in this film are so such stereotypes. First of all, Maureen, played by Dina Menzel, if you don't know. Maureen, played by Dina Menzel, is such a stereotype of the slutty bisexual. She's such a trope of bisexuality as being promiscuous. She's constantly flirting with everyone and there is a huge plot point like in her her main plot is basically all about her current girlfriend and her ex realizing she's been behaving the same way with both of them and sort of flirting with other people and at some point cheating on both of them and it's like mm, but I do think uh, that's the problem with this musical is that the songs are just so good I will absolutely 100% forgive it like yes this is a very problematic slutty bisexual trope and so what I am a slutty bisexual and so what the song take me or leave me still is an absolute tune and I love it. And seriously, I do really love this film. So it's a bit, you know, but Mars, didn't you just say it was problematic? Yes. You know what? I'm problematic. My other big pet peeve with this film is, well, no, it's not a pet peeve. I just hate the way it's handled. It's the character of Angel, like I said, who is a trans woman. Or is she? Because um, the Rent fan wiki reports her gender as unclear and to be fair it is fairly unclear throughout the film um if not at some point where someone uh, misgenders her and then corrects themselves which the misgendering in itself makes it um, more clear i think that she's not meant to be a drag queen but she's meant to be a trans woman she could also be some type of non-binary slash genderqueer, which uh, the terminology for at the time was very different. And I think from the author's perspective, just very confusing. So it could just be that they're trying to represent a reality that is very real of a trans-feminine expression in which her own experience and art of drag does mm, sort of blend with her experience of her own gender, especially when it comes to the fact that gender as an identity, as like what's inside of you, quote-unquote, is a very blurry concept and is itself a sort of performance, of course, in a very different way from the way drag is a performance, but it still is in, in its own way. So there are plenty people especially plenty of trans people whose defining experiences in figuring out their gender have been related to drag. And drag is absolutely a form of expression of one's own gender. So I get it. I get that to, especially to a cis person writing a story like this, it could be confusing. It does look like a best intention, best attempt. But but, but I'm still just not satisfied with it. Uh, I'm sure plenty of people find her character very relatable. 
and obviously I'm trans mask, so I wouldn't know about that. I'm still not very satisfied with it, especially because, no spoilers, but I really don't like where her storyline goes by the end, because there is such a huge problem within trans representation. And if you've seen this, you know and you agree. And if you haven't seen it, do go watch it. Because seriously, is it a super non-problematic movie? Absolutely not. But is it a good movie? Absolutely. And it's a movie that has definitely done like a lot in terms of the history of queer media. Like a lot of... Uh, I don't know, I feel like it's really marked a point and it's such an iconic movie that needs to be watched keeping in mind when it came out, keeping in mind when the musical came out and keeping in mind that it is a mainstream product, which means it's never going to be a full, accurate, revolutionary representation of queer identities and queer experiences and revolution and it does bug me that it presents itself as this, as this revolutionary text and a lot of people who are big fans of see as this revolutionary text that it can't be it cannot be because any product that is a media that functions within the mainstream cannot be a revolutionary text but you know, it still can do a lot in terms of representation. I do still think that representation is important, even when it is within the mainstream, even when it functions within these systems of capitalism, because, you know, huh, you criticize capitalism and yet you own a smartphone. I am very intelligent. That's, that's sort of how I feel like it sounds when people imply, and it happens when people imply that no form of mainstream media can benefit the queer revolution. Like, no, no, that's not, you know, we are here, we live around. I I still think mainstream representation is very important. I just think it's, it's not quite as important and definitely not quite as end all as uh, um, production companies want us to think, because, of course, production companies want us to think that. Um, they want us to clap when Disney releases uh, yet another first uh, queer character of Disney films. It's like, it's always the first Disney LGBT character for, like, it's been for 10 years now. But I very much digress I am very sorry for that. Who am I lying to? I am absolutely not sorry for that. This podcast is just where I go to express my silly little ideas so my friends in real life don't have to get too annoyed by me um, info-dumping on them at all times. This is me info-dumping to people who consent to listening to my podcast instead. All of my friends in real life, thank you all. So, as the podcast is ending, let's come back to the initial question, which was, is this a Christmas film? And you would say, this plot doesn't sound Christmassy at all, Mars. Why would you say it's a Christmas film? Well, first of all, it's at a Christmas, because um, basically Benny, the landlord, threatens to evict everyone on Christmas Day, because tis the season to let teenagers starve and die on the street. Um, 
but more importantly, and I think that is a pretty key element because it's all about like, oh, but you're gonna go go do this inhuman thing on Christmas, and it's not quite the case where like the landlord doesn't learn the true meaning of Christmas. It's not a um, the Kensian Christmas Carol situation. It is not. This is meant to be more like not quite gritty reality because it's still a musical, but still like pretty grimdark, realistic uh, depiction. And then they burst into sing song sometimes. I think that's more the vibe they're going for. But it ultimately is in its own like bittersweet way about ending up like gathering all together around the holiday season and about uh, caring for each other and Christmas becomes it's more like the fact that it's Christmas serves the story as opposed to the story serving the Christmas theme like the the theme was there and if you take away the fact that it's Christmas the theme is still there but the fact that it is Christmas does definitely do a huge favor to the theme in terms of um well, there's no, you know. <laughs> well, no, seriously, though, in terms of the emotional impact it has, uh, I think it's very good that it's at the Christmas. It's useful and it's nice. And I do like to watch it around the winter time to feel all cozy and do an ugly cry because this film always makes me ugly cry like no to be fair it doesn't just make me ugly cry watching this film with me is a whole ride because first of all I will start blasting like belting out very out of tune so because I'm, I'm one of those people who are very bad at singing and I don't mean like oh I'm so bad at singing please ask me to sing um because I feel so ashamed about it but then I but then I'm like some bloody soprano. No, I'm not. I am generally bad, as in I don't like the sound of my own singing. I don't find it enjoyable at all. And it's okay. I'm also very okay with it. Like, it's not a huge insecurity of mine. I'm just not a singer. Um, but if we watch a musical together, I don't care about how I'm very aware that I cannot sing. No, 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 no. I will be singing. And you will be suffering through it. Uh, so I start strong with 525,600 minutes, which is, by the way, the amount of minutes in a year. And, and it's a fairly famous quote. It's, uh, it's a quote from a lyric of this song. And it's one of the very first lines, if not the first thing you hear at the beginning of this musical. All throughout the midpoint with La Vie Bohème, which is probably my favorite song of this musical, La Vie Bohème, just makes me so happy for, I don't know, I, I just love it. And it's very hypocritical of me because it is very much like it's got that very strong vibe of like uh, cultural gentrification, but, but it's such a good song. Ah, Ugh. But yeah, by the end of the film, though, I will be ugly crying. So it is an experience. And what is truly the Christmas spirit, if not being deeply, deeply upset? Like, that's it. No, I'm joking, I really love Christmas as well. But like, yeah, I do think this is a Christmas film. It's not a happy Christmas film. It's a cheery 
this this is an e Christmas film, but it is a Christmas film. It's about the themes. It's at the right time of year. It snows. That's that's all I need for a film to be Christmassy, honestly. And yeah, this was all I had to say for today. I think this was a pretty long episode, to be honest. I don't know, was it? Well, I'm gonna check. I'm not gonna blabber on about how long it was to make it longer. Um, I will find you all again next week, same time. I have not decided what this time will be yet, but you know, from my social media and also from just checking the time as this comes out. So until then, you can find me on social media at Queer Media Pills on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr, but I don't really use Tumblr that much, to be honest. I just reblog stuff on there because that's what you use it for. Like you can't use Tumblr to advertise yourself. And I also have a website that I have recently redecorated completely and on that website, queermediapill.com, I also post some blog posts that are just thoughts that didn't make it into like a complete episode, but I still wanted to share out there. I have a little segment about my artist of the month that's been stuck to April forever, so I'll go back and do that at some point. And until then, bye bye